This week on Missions Today. It's actually a pretty exciting time to, to be a Christian because, because Christianity wasn't really meant for one language or one people or even one cluster of peoples like, like in Europe. So the fact that we're so spread out around the world is actually closer to what we'd expect as we read the scriptures and we see people from every tongue and tribe and nation before the throne. So as mission-minded people, we should be excited about the fact that, that the world has such diversity and that Christians of all different kinds from all over the world are able to respond uh, in innovative ways um, to reach people who have perhaps not heard the good news before. Every tongue and tribe and nation. That's the way the Bible describes the body of Christ and ultimately heaven as well. And for the Christian, the spread of people of different faiths around the world is actually an opportunity to engage them with the truth and love of Christ. I am Colin Lambert, and this week on Missions Today, we're going to take a deeper look at the body of Christ around the globe. For us to be able to evangelize the world, we must first understand it. And I'm afraid that often here in the West, we don't have a clear picture of what's happening outside our borders, or sometimes right in our own neighborhoods. My guest today is Dr. Todd Johnson, co-director of the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. He's the editor of the World Christian Encyclopedia and the Atlas of Global Christianity. Dr. Johnson, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. You know, you have quite a passion about your work, about reaching people and the spread of the gospel. I recently heard you speak about some of your own mission experiences that impacted you deeply early on in your life. Could you share a little bit of that passion with us? Where did that all begin? Well, I grew up in Minnesota. I didn't have much contact with people outside of the United States. And then I moved to California. This is in the late 1970s. And the thing that really made a big difference for me was visiting Thailand. And it was at the time of the uh, Cambodian genocide. And I worked in a refugee camp on the Thai-Cambodian border. And it was there that I really saw... Um, human suffering and um, and at the same time um, the need for um, joy and peace and encouragement and I saw you know people who had never heard uh, the gospel uh, before become Christians and and of course there were wonderful Cambodian Christians who had survived and and were there um, you know working among Cambodians but I think it was just seeing how powerful the gospel is in people's lives. And um, in particular, people from uh, other religious traditions who, um, you know, found Christ and began to follow him. And, and those people, as you probably know, have, have uh, resettled all over the world. And many of them are actually going back to Cambodia now and helping out with the gospel and with um, social action and all sorts of things that are needed now uh, in that country. So that, to me, was uh, what really set my heart in this direction. This sounds like an incredibly powerful experience. How did you move from that time of your life into what some might call some of the most extensive research on uh, Christianity and the spread of Christianity around the globe? Yeah, when I, I moved back to California and I uh, was under the influence of uh, uh, scholar activists, you could say. My, I actually married into the uh, Winter family that had 
started the U.S. Center for World Mission there in Pasadena. And my father-in-law, Ralph Winter, encouraged me to read and to study. And and I actually went back to school under under his encouragement. And then I met my second mentor, who was uh, David Barrett. I worked with him in, in my Ph.D. work. And uh, he had started research on Christianity all around the world in Africa in the 1960s. And by the time I caught up with him, he was um, continuing that work. And uh, I began to um, you know, learn from him. And then I ended up signing a contract with him for the second edition of his uh, World Christian Encyclopedia. So that's where the connection is. I just I began to see the significance of accurate information for Christians that just want to understand what's going on around the world. I know it's probably no surprise to you that many Christians in the West feel like the West is the center of Christianity, but throughout history that really is not uh, the true picture. Could you kind of give us an overview, a, a flyover of the pathways of Christianity and, and then how most recently is it has shifted to what you call the Global South? Well, first, the, the surprising thing is if you go all the way back to the beginning of Christianity, um, you know, we, we again have the impression that maybe Christianity was, you know, mainly European. And, you know, we read in church history and, and that sort, sort of thing. But our own research has shown that actually for the first 900 years, Christians in Africa and Asia outnumbered Christians in Europe. So, so that's a long time, almost the first millennium of Christianity, where really it's an African and Asian story. And some of that's been lost, because uh, from, from the year 900 and something all the way up into the 20th century, it was true that the vast majority of Christians were Europeans. For example, at the time of the Reformation, 92% of all Christians were Europeans. So it's it's almost as though Christianity is a European religion at that stage. But what makes my um, work so exciting is what's happened over the last 100 years. So even in 1900, we were still about 82% of all Christians lived in Europe or North America now, because Europeans have spread out a little bit. Um, and what the surprising thing is, is that that has dropped uh, precipitously, and it's only 33% today in 2020. So from 82% of all Christians to 33. And of course, the other 67% of all Christians are Asians, Africans, Latin Americans, Pacific Islanders. And uh, it's, it's actually a pretty exciting time to, to be a Christian because because Christianity wasn't really meant for one language or one people or even one cluster of peoples like like in Europe. Uh, so the fact that we're so spread out around the world is actually closer to what we'd expect as we read the scriptures and we see people from every tongue and tribe and nation uh, before the throne. So so it is it's a good time to be alive as a Christian because you have this huge global family. Um, most of whom live in the global south, which is a term that refers to uh, Africa, Asia, Latin America, and Oceania, or the Pacific Islands. And the north is, is Northern America and Europe. And of course, the, the thing is that because of migration, we're, we're, all of us are living all over the place. So you don't have to go very far to find 
uh, Christians from the other side of the world. Most of us have neighbors, even, who um, who are from uh, faraway places. So it's a pretty exciting time. Yeah, talk about that for a moment. The the migration of people to different parts of the world has really increased religious diversity in most countries. Uh, maybe elaborate on that for a moment. Right. So so there's there's two things happening as Christians. We you know we're concerned about other Christians and. The truth is, you know, Christians are about a third of the world's population, but about 50% of all people who migrate are Christians. So a lot of this movement is Christian movement, and we think even in, in the United States here, we have a um, large movement of people from uh, Latin America, uh, from both Central and South America, and even the Caribbean, coming uh, into the United States, and most of those people are Christians. So that's one kind of diversity is, is that, you know, even within a single faith, you have uh, people of different languages and different uh, backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, and, and that sort of a thing. So, so um, migration increases diversity within religion, but of course it also increases uh, diversity of religion because, uh, as you know, we have people from Muslim backgrounds and from Hindu backgrounds and from Buddhist backgrounds who are who are migrating, um, and from our own experience, you know they're coming, let's say, to the United States or Canada, but they're also uh, moving into Europe and they're moving around Asia and around Africa. So there's you know there's many ways in which this is affecting almost everybody around the world. Um, so so most of us um, are living in more religious diversity. Uh, than we were, you know, 30, 40 years ago. And in my own case, um, you know, I told you I went to the other side of the world before I ever met a Thai person or a Buddhist person, let's say. But uh, when I go home to visit my mother in Minneapolis, uh, you won't believe it, but there's a Thai Buddhist woman living right next door to my mom. So uh, nowadays, that's more of the reality is we have uh, people surrounding us from all over the world, and many are Christians, many are not, but it's a, it's a different uh, day and age for us. It would seem that uh, mission work, which again, often Americans look at kind of as their own, we send people to other places. We've talked recently in uh, other of these programs about the fact that more and more countries are sending missionaries to other places, including uh, countries sending missionaries to the United States. I'm assuming that this increase in religious diversity in many countries allows for more and more mission activity uh, because of those mixed cultures. Yes, uh, there, well, there's two sides to it. The, the first thing is that um, it would have been good for me, for example, to um, have spent time with my Thai Buddhist neighbor before I went uh, as a missionary to Thailand. Um, but I didn't have that option, uh, you know, 40 years ago. And so um, the religious diversity is hopefully something that is, as uh, Christians grow up with religious diversity, they'll be better at um, reaching other people because they're more familiar with both people's religions and, you know, what it's like, practically speaking, to see somebody right next door celebrating a whole different set of holidays and, and all that goes with that. So, so I think that, to me, is very positive. That's a good development. Um, on the other side, you know, we have people moving uh, all over the place, and 
And um, in the case of, for example, Brazilians who come to the United States or who come to the United Kingdom, um, many times what they're what they're doing at first is they're reaching out to people in their own uh, ethnic and linguistic background for other Brazilians, you might say. So there's Portuguese services and that kind of a thing. And that's a particular kind of mission. It isn't really crossing uh, cultural barriers. But uh, Brazilians that come to the West, they look around and they see a lot of other people, many who have perhaps never heard the gospel before, and they begin to engage in uh, mission outside of their community. And this happens with Africans and Asians and others. And then, of course, there's the, the ability that uh, all of us have to travel around the world and to, to go to different countries. And this is not something uh, just for Western people. Uh, for example, um, the Philippines. Uh, as millions of Filipinos and Filipinas are all around the world serving um, in, in a wide variety of uh, work settings. And many of, many, many of uh, those uh, workers are in places that uh, Westerners don't really get to too often. For example, Saudi Arabia has a million Filipinos living there, um, serving uh, from you know, very highly technical jobs to all the way to construction and and uh, to other things. So as mission-minded people, we should be excited about the fact that that the world has such diversity and that Christians of all different kinds from all over the world are able to respond uh, in innovative ways um, to reach people who have perhaps not heard the good news before. You're listening to Missions Today. I'm Colin Lambert, and our guest is Dr. Todd Johnson, co-director of the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. Doctor, as we were just talking about this religious diversity and the spread of people across the world, it is also interesting at the same time, and you talk about the fact that at a time when maybe relationships are as important as ever before in the spread of the gospel, there is a lack of personal contact between Christians and people of other faiths, Muslims, Hindus, Buddhists. Talk for a moment about that issue and then why it is so important. Probably the most important thing as we think about, you know, the fact that our faith is incarnational um, and and the fact that even when God visited us, he did so, you know, through a, through a human, through human language, um, you know, somebody with who was a carpenter who grew up in a particular time and place. Uh, that's really a remarkable model for for us as we think about how you know we're to um, act towards other people, and of course how to share the the good news. But uh, several years ago, uh, we were asked by um, some mission executives uh, whether we could estimate how many Muslims have Christian friends. That was the thing that started this whole thing out. And we, we at first thought we couldn't do it, but then we looked at some of the material that we've been collecting that has to do with with more personal relationships and personal contact. And after some research that we've done, and, and we've kept it up to the present day, we were a little bit shocked to discover that uh, about 87% of all Muslims, Hindus, and Buddhists do not personally know a Christian. That, of course is is a, a a big challenge 
because we want to personally know uh, people in other religions and we want them to personally know us uh, because really that's the major way that uh, we witness. Uh, even though we have wonderful tools on the internet and radio and television, that's all really good um, and, and uh, you know, it has a powerful impact. But in the end, we want face-to-face contact with people, which is a little ironic as, as we are, you know, in, are emerging from the pandemic, which has been one of social distancing, um, which provided an additional challenge to us. But, but uh, we, are, we are people who want to know our neighbors and to know people who, who we've uh, moved maybe even to the other side of the world uh, to know, and this would be true, not again, not just of Westerners, but of Nigerians and Brazilians and Filipinos and South Asians, uh, all those, and Chinese, the Chinese church is sending people um, to many different countries around the world. And all of us want to know our neighbors personally. We think this is a big challenge. And we've we've felt like um, I mean, the other side of this, it, it's really a, a good news as to how to solve the problem, let's say, because friendship and hospitality are Christian virtues. So it, the way to solve it is to be a better Christian, to reach out in friendship, to have people in your home, to go into other people's homes. Um, you know, it, it's a marvelous thing to be able to do in order to, um, you know, to increase our uh, personal contact with people from all different backgrounds. So, so we've we felt like this is it is a great challenge, but it's also one that um, the Christian faith is, is well equipped for. So we hope to see uh, more and more of that in the future. Uh, we on this program want to bring people's attention to missions. Uh, that's what it's all about. And by missions, we simply mean being involved where God is at work. And again, often the American mindset is it's something we do. We choose to do a short-term mission trip or supporting a missionary who's already somewhere. But there is so much to this diversity in most countries, religious diversity you talked about, and the spread of Christianity to different parts of the world and that growth that we've seen in different parts of the world. So how would you describe a truly global approach to mission for someone listening to the program today? How can they be a part of mission in the world today? What does it mean for them to be involved in a global fashion? Well, I think first and foremost, it it means to to um, listen to people from other parts of the world, Christians from other parts of the world, who really have uh, experience that that would be helpful to us. And one example um, for me is is I've lived in Singapore on a couple of occasions, and I was there in 2017, and I was thinking about this very thing we're talking about, about the lack of personal contact and and you know getting to be. Um, more adept at working with people in other religions. And uh, I was reading the paper one morning, and there was an article which said that nine out of ten Singaporeans are comfortable living and working with people of other ethnicities and backgrounds. And I thought, wow, that's wonderful. Now, they had some real challenges in Singapore in the 1960s. So this is very deliberate for the government to you know, promote unity between the different groups. And in fact, Singapore is the most religiously diverse country in the whole world. Um, there's no one religion that's over 30%, say. 
And so there's Buddhism, and there's Hinduism, and there's Islam, and there's Christianity, and, and several other religions, too. So when I was reading that, I thought, well, this is interesting because I had been reading research uh, related to the United States that said maybe one out of ten or two out of ten uh, would be comfortable with people of other religious backgrounds. And then I thought, well, then why are people in the United States, Christians in the United States, writing books about how to get along with other people and sending those books to Singapore? Uh, which is the case. So I thought what we need, we need people in Singapore to write the books because they have this intuitive sense of what it means to get along with people in other religions. So I think Christians in the United States and Canada and Europe uh, would do well to listen to Asians in general because they have, uh, you know, their whole lives have been surrounded by uh, other religions and they have a lot of great ideas, probably the best ideas, on how we can get along. And so that's that's a shift that we need to see and that's something that that I think will, you know, help us, help Christians all around the world to be better in mission by listening to people who really have great experience and and have something to teach the rest of us. So that's that's one very important way in which we can be more global is simply to listen. Uh, to Christians from around the world. A final question for you for the individual listening to the program today who has a heart for mission, a heart for joining God at work, for uh, for people coming to know Christ. Uh, any thoughts just about, as an individual, how do I take that first step? Boy, I want to do something. What is it I can do? I'm not on church leadership. I'm not running a missions committee. I'm, you know, I'm not uh, leading the short-term mission trip. What can I do as an individual to begin this process in my own life and then begin to impact others? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And, and again, there's, a, there's really good news uh, for all of us in this area. And, uh, and, and really the most important thing even, and perhaps the simplest, is to befriend people from other religious backgrounds. I mean that, and that's something that almost anybody can do, given that again this increased diversity. And the first thing you find out is that that that's kind of rare. Um, you know, uh, we we my wife and I have uh, uh, have people over from who are from many different parts of the world. She teaches English as a second language, which is very helpful. To people, but we have them over for Thanksgiving, for Easter, different holidays, and then we go around the room and they, we say, "How long have you been in the United States?" And they say, two years, three years, four years." And uh, have you ever been in an American home?" And they say, "No, this is the very first time." And we always feel bad when we hear that, but we're glad that we're able to to invite people in and, and we get letters and emails from around the world saying how meaningful it was for us to invite people into our home. And uh, I think this is, this is where it all starts. Um, I mean, it's good if you can read and know a few things about other religions and that sort of a thing, but really the most important thing is, let's say again, friendship, hospitality, um, and it has to be genuine. This isn't a project you're working on. These are individuals who really struggle. Many people really struggle being far away from home, facing a lot of challenges, and uh, being there for them is just so rewarding, and it's a gospel witness, too. There's, there's no doubt about that. So I think that's, that's probably the most 
significant and um, the most um, fun thing to do is to is to make friends and to be there for people. Yeah. Dr. Todd Johnson, co-director of the Center for the Study of Global Christianity at Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary. We will link you to his information and to all of his publications, which are fascinating on the spread of Christianity, the growth of Christianity, and what it looks like around the globe. Uh, Fascinating. We'll link you to that at our website. Dr. Johnson, thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful to be with you. Dr. Todd Johnson, one of the world's leading experts on the spread of Christianity and what it means to missions both here at home and abroad. You know, there were three things that stood out to me during our conversation today. Number one, we in the West need to be willing, no, humble, humble enough to listen to others, listen to their hearts, to their stories, to their passions, to their mission, and then see how we can support them in those efforts. Second, the importance of developing personal relationships with people who are different from us. Going deeper, bringing them into our homes, developing relationships, not because it checks off some list, but because it's the right thing to do. And finally, we can all share in his excitement about the growth of Christianity around the world because it is actually driving more and more mission opportunities and possibilities all over the planet. Well, that's all the time we have for this week, but you'll remember that Dr. Johnson was speaking about the explosion of Christianity in Africa and Asia. Next week, we're gonna travel to Asia, Jakarta, Indonesia to be specific, to learn more about God at work there. Well, if you've enjoyed the show today, I'd love it if you would subscribe, rate it, and leave a review on iTunes. If you have feedback for me, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at clambert at missionstoday.com and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook at Missions Today Radio. Missions Today is a production of Resource Global. I'm Colin Lambert. I'll see you next week.